This is Will Baker, president of the Chesapeake Bay Foundation. Welcome to our continuing podcast series, Turning the Tide, Saving the Chesapeake Bay. It's really a great pleasure for me to meet and to have Pete Theodore here at the Chesapeake Bay Foundation's headquarters in Annapolis, Maryland. Pete, you're the marketing director, as I understand it, for Second Chance. That's right. Let's get right into it. Second Chance, what is it? Second Chance refers to three different distinct areas, people, planet, and profit, if you want to put it that way. Um, We're about an environmental impact of saving um, waste from entering the landfill. So waste stream diversion is a huge part of what we do. Um, And then we have an architectural preservation element. So we're going into buildings that really shouldn't end up in the landfill, but have more life left to them and taking them and saving them uh, for resale and reuse. And then at our core is helping people, people that are down on their luck that need a second chance, who've had various obstacles to employment and a lot of barriers in their life, be that incarceration or systemic poverty, and giving them an opportunity to uh, gain some job readiness skills and some life skills. Great. And and so Second Chance is a not-for-profit organization? That's correct. I have a 1C3. Lo- located in Baltimore, Maryland. Mm-hmm. All about keeping stuff out of the landfill mm-hmm. that's valuable, that can be reused, that you can make money off of reselling mm-hmm. and employing people that need a second chance in the business. That's a great way to put it. How did you get uh, uh, connected to this Chesapeake Bay Foundation? How did we find you or you find us? Well, the Chesapeake Bay is a special uh, treasure to me personally as well. And one of your employees, Lisa Dykes, knew, knows that. We actually went to college together quite quite a while ago now, if you think about it. Um, and had just mentioned that you, had, you guys had an opportunity to do, a, as a communications team, to do a piece on a nonprofit. It so happened that where the team was going to go, the weather blew up and... I'd like to think God intervened and brought you all our way for the day. So um, we got to do a little filming in the store. You interviewed a couple of our guys. And um, then we got to enjoy a wonderful trip last Monday out on the boat. Yeah, it was really serendipitous. The one part of CBF, one team for CBF was going on a retreat out to one of our island centers for strategic planning. And the weather was too bad to go. So they stayed local and happened to be in Baltimore and got connected with you all, and you came out on the boat with them. And uh, uh, beginning of a great partnership, we hope. We are excited about it as well. Talk a little bit about how you think we might work together. It's interesting. um, One of the things that you guys have done already for us is just opening our eyes. We had people out on on the boat, your educational boat, Snow Goose, uh, that have never been on the water, never been on that treasure and they've lived in Baltimore their entire lives and to see them light up and to see them understand some of the impact of what they're doing by the waste stream diversion that is happening every day uh, by the by the 1.5 million cubic uh, feet of last year material we diverted. Emphasize that 1.5 million cubic feet of material Mm -hmm. did not go to a landfill but was repurposed through second chance. Exactly. Some of some of that was also recycled, but the vast majority of it comes back. Our guys go out by hand and take buildings and houses and other structures apart, saving every element that can be reused. Bring it back to our warehouse in Baltimore, two hundred thousand square foot warehouse. Several Home Depots can fit in there. It's a big place. It, right across from M and T Bank Stadium, the right. Raven Stadium, isn't yep, it? Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Kitty corner to it. Yep. yep. 
That's right. So uh, what's your geographic reach? Just the city of Baltimore? Do you go outside the city? We do. We actually do deconstruction jobs all up and down the East Coast, from Florida to Connecticut. We'll, Get out of town. We'll probably do about 175 jobs this year. And uh, yeah, all over the place. We'll go. We're one of the largest deconstructions in America, certainly on the East Coast as well, and the largest salvage center. So a landowner, a building owner, will let you know that uh, they need to take a building down. Mm-hmm. You all will come in and... Yep, well, that's what we do. They, um, they'll seek us out for one of several motivations. One, they, they understand our mission and they really want to help people get a second chance. Um, that or they're and or environmentally conscious and they understand that all this great material that could end up in a landfill, they say something like 40 to 60 percent of landfill is pre and post construction debris. So, and we think of it as our garbage going out and that sort of thing, but it's a, it really is yeah. a huge amount pre and post construction mm-hmm. debris. Yeah, there is a tremendous amount of that. So, so the homeowner will, will come to us, and because we're a nonprofit and we're taking people that um, are seeking the second chance, we use their home as a classroom essentially. So, they also receive, they donate the home to us so that we can train our people on how. Um, to deconstruct the home. They get a significant tax break because of that, and we ask for a portion of that uh, back to help fund our operations. So they're getting a financial, an environmental, and a social benefit from enlisting us and to deconstruct their home. Now, hold on. This is even better than I realized. So they contact Second Chance to allow you to deconstruct their house mm-hmm. before they may rebuild a new house. And I, I right. assume it's commercial as well as residential. It is. We've so done it could Philadelphia be. Convention Center all the way down to <laughs> little barns in the countryside. So it, it, it occurs to me they're probably saving some money from Absolutely. not having to tear the place down. Mm-hmm. And you say they're going to get a, a, at least some type of tax break as a contribution to a certified not-for-profit. That's exactly right. Who does the assessment of what the value of the tax break is? Um, they, they work that out between uh, an appraiser. We work with a couple of different appraisers that and their CPAs work that out. Generally, with the donation of real property, it is up to the donor mm-hmm. to uh, assess and defend the valuation. Exactly. So they, they get the appraisers and they work uh, to, to get the valuation. Yes. Very interesting. Okay. So um, let's talk about the people part of the equation. Okay. Talk, tell us a little bit about the people that are involved with Second Chance and what they're getting from this and who they are and what some of their backgrounds are. Okay. I could talk for a long time about that. <laughs> we, um, we have about 150 people right now employed or being trained in our various operations, whether it's deconstruction or the retail side or even our administrative side. And... Um, the majority of our employees and trainees come from Baltimore City uh, or the surrounding areas, but the majority are coming to us through a couple of different partners, like the Mayor's Office of Employment Development. They'll do some screening, some to find people that are really motivated to, to take a second chance because we're not a handout organization. We're a hand-up organization, so we give people who Not really a hand-out a hand up. Exactly. That's a great one. Yeah, yeah. We, we want people that, that want to take advantage of this opportunity, that are ready to turn their lives around and um, and just need some help, need an opportunity to be able to, to do that and are, are eager to learn and grow. So I take it these are people who may have been incarcerated, mm-hmm. who may have some type of addiction, mm-hmm. who have had been down on their luck for one reason or another? Yes, exactly. They're probably 60% of our 
um, trainees have incarceration in the background, some for a significant length of time. And you know how difficult it is to find employment coming out of that environment uh, with, with a record. And also recidivism rates of going right. back in without finding something meaningful to do and to make a contribution to their communities and um, to feel better about themselves, to, to, to be a provider for their families. All that is really significant just to turning our city around one life at a time. Huge benefit to the taxpayer. Absolutely. If you're not going sending somebody back to jail. Absolutely. It really is. I saw uh, one of your videos, uh, and I think the gentleman that was being interviewed was uh, had been incarcerated for 49 or 50 years. That's correct, yeah. yeah. Much of his life. Yes. And he's now gainfully employed by second chance, right. contributing to society, mm -hmm. doing something good for his community and for the environment. Yeah, and believe it or not, some of these guys do so well, they move on. And that's ultimately our goal. We want him here, we want to train him, but we want him to move on to better careers, higher paying jobs, more responsibility. And a couple of those long-term guys have actually done that. One of them, I won't mention it, but a director <laughs> at another large nonprofit now at this point. So. Maybe your local regional banker next. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. After learning the commerce. Of, yep. uh, what, what else would you tell us about Second Chance? What are, get, get, tell us a story or two that really is uh, indicative of, of what you all have done. You know, it's, it's um, people's lives are really just, just where it's at. We just featured a, a gal for Giving Tuesday. I don't know if you guys yep. participated in yes, that. Yes, we but. did. Um, just an opportunity to share a story of life change. Just a gal named Jess that uh, grew up with a, a parent so dominated by addictions that Jess didn't know how to brush her teeth, mm. didn't know how to go to school, mm. got into drugs very, very early, uh, teen pregnancy, dropped out of school, and just all the difficulties that come along with that that culminated in incarceration for her for a period of time. And it was during that that she said, I really need to get my life turned around. Applied to a place called Marion House, another, Marion House, another partner of ours, and came to us in our retail operations. Most of our training goes through our deconstruction. She came in to the store, so to speak, and to hear her tell her story about, you guys trust me. It blows me away. She's a cashier. She's handling our, our money. She's actually now come to the point where she's training other cashiers and having a positive influence that way. Very strong recovery program. Bright smile now as opposed to... You can see some of her older pictures where, where she was before. And it's the people like Jess that just keep us waking up and going back to work each day. So you mentioned Marion House as a partner. You mentioned the Mayor's Office of Employment Development. Mm -hmm. Who are some of your other partners? Um, Living Classrooms is one that we, we work with pretty regularly. Um, Great friends of ours and mm -hmm. allies. Yeah. Yes, they are. They're good people. Associated Black Charities. Um, you know, we have several on our website. We also, we do receive some donations from outside organizations. BB&T has been generous with us a couple of times. And, uh, but we try to be a social enterprise. That's one thing about Second Chance that uh, sets it apart from some nonprofits and that we really work hard to make the money that we need to spend on our own programs. So while we do receive some funding and some charitable giving, and we're always open to donations, <laughs> <laughs> we're still through our store and, and through um, our, our various enterprises, we're, we're just trying to bring in and be as self-sustaining as possible. So you are uh, operating at a positive margin, including your donations. We are, absolutely. And a viable uh, not-for-profit. How long has Second Chance been in business? Um, 13 years. Yeah, it, it started for, it started, um, Mark Foster is our CEO and our um, 
also our founder. And, you know, it, it came out of him wanting to renovate his Baltimore home and the salvage yard shut down. And he said, what am I going to do? And he was a very successful entrepreneur and restauranteur and, um, you know, said, we need to do this. And one thing leading to another, um, it's very environmentally conscious and also has a soft heart for people. So, you know, the, the pieces became, uh, came, came into focus and it was in uh, 2003 that it officially really started to launch. Well, Pete, this is truly inspirational. One other question about your employees. Are they full-time employees, most of them? Do they get benefits? Do oh, they? Yeah, no, almost all of our employees are full-time at mm-hmm. this point. Um, all of our trainees are full-time. There are there are some benefits, certainly with the Affordable uh, Care, Care Act. Act. So in- some health insurance benefits? There's some of that available. Mm-hmm. And um, some of the life skills, some of the soft skills, we call them, that um, doesn't don't that doesn't necessarily come with every job like financial literacy training and conflict resolution training and some of those important things that just how to be a good not just employee but a, a good citizen. So. Well, if any of our listeners are wondering why the Chesapeake Bay Foundation is interested in this, uh, it's it's pretty obvious. I mean, the whole concept of reduce, reuse, and recycle. Mm-hmm. What you all are doing is absolutely central to that. And mm-hmm. it's it's so valuable to see in our cities that these kinds of reuse uh, enterprises are going on, keeping things out of the landfill, mm-hmm. reducing the amount of natural resources that have to be utilized to make new materials exactly. when they're perfectly good ones in existence, and then getting the people who live in the cities who might have been reducing the city's ability from a financial perspective by their drain on services, having gainful employment, paying taxes, mm-hmm. that's just mm-hmm. a win-win-win. Mm-hmm. That's what we actually say that often, a win-win-win scenario. So Pete, you know, I, I, I've had a little bit of a, uh, I've gotten a little bit of background on you and, and someone I, I, on our staff told me that you are directly responsible for reducing the population of fish in the Chesapeake. But have yes. you been known to handle a fishing yes. rod? As, as many as possible, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Where's your favorite fishing? Where do you like to fish the most? And what's your favorite species? All, all over the place. But I've been not too far from here in my 19-foot Carolina skiff, enjoying the waters and doing crabbing and fishing. And uh, my family loves the water. My boys love it. So... Um, yeah, it's when, when, we, when Chesapeake Bay Foundation comes calling, <laughs> an organization I've personally supported for a long time, then I get really excited because I love this national treasure. A CBF member to boot. This is getting better <laughs> and better. Now, let's see. The, one other thing I'd like our listeners to know is how can they, from those who are in the Baltimore metropolitan area, how can they access your merchandise? Because mm-hmm. what I've seen online is there's some pretty... Uh, pretty great stuff. There really is. It's a unique, eclectic collection of stuff. Secondchanceinc.org is our website. and that has Secondchanceinc.org. Correct. Okay. Yep. That has some sample uh, website. We have a few hundred items on there. We try to keep that updated. That just gives you a taste of what's there. I mean, we have a massive warehouse operation and new stuff coming in every day. People can donate their materials. They're generally mm-hmm. used furniture and items. And we receive that. We have trucks that go out and pick that up as well. Um, and then, of course, our deconstruction crews take everything back to the warehouse. So we will have things, uh, for instance, an art collection of 
um, some very signed, precious art, and then some some very um, yeah, hard to find, unique <laughs> pieces, and then some childlike, you know, fun, inspirational art. Uh, so, Pete, as we wrap up, uh, one last thing that you may not know is that your CEO, Mark Foster, many years ago actually worked at the Chesapeake Bay Foundation as part of a senior project from high school. He did an environmental project with the Chesapeake Bay Foundation. So this has come full circle. That's right. I can see it in his heart today. Great to have you, Pete Theodore. For Pete, I'm Will Baker, president of the Chesapeake Bay Foundation, our continuing podcast series, Turning the Tide, Saving the Chesapeake Bay, every two weeks, another podcast. And you can access all past podcasts on our website, cbf.org. And check out secondchanceinc.org. Don't hesitate if you're interested in making a contribution. If you're an individual or if you're a corporation, they can use all the help they can get. Secondchanceinc.org. Pete Theodore, it's been a delight. Thanks very much. Thank you.